So the subject that I'm speaking on today is, is called, What's Next? Touch your neighbor and say, what's next? <laughs> what's next? So I wanna, I wanna take you uh, to a moment in the Bible when the disciples felt like they were in a similar state as to what we're in, right? Uh, they, they, uh, they've had um, this, this situation uh, come into their life where um, they've been pretty good for three, about three and a half years. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the one that was the rock in their life was snatched away. Uh, and so now they're in a similar position to the church globally. <clears throat> and so I want you to open your Bible to uh, John chapter 20, uh, and I'm going to uh, teach from there, okay? So what I'm going to teach about today is, is how, how, we could, how we can transition through different seasons in our life, okay? So between every season, there is a phase, do you understand? Between seasons, there is a phase. And this phase is very, very important. So I'm talking about this phase. How do you navigate this phase? All right? So you're in John 20? Yes. Now, just keep it open, and I'm going to give you the context, and then we'll get into a bit of reading. Okay? So they spent, uh, the disciples spent uh, about three and a half years with this man uh, whom they believed was the Messiah. They believed that, that he was uh, the son of God. They believed that uh, he's come to rescue uh, Israel and, and restore the glory back to Israel. And so these disciples followed him, you know. Uh, and they, whatever Jesus did, uh, they were with him. Uh, they, when he healed the sick, they were there. When he cast out demons, they were there. When he was giving them deep teaching about the kingdom and he was teaching them parables and all these things, they were there. But all of a sudden, this Jesus that they put their faith in, who was the king of kings, right? All of a sudden was snatched away. And it feels like their life was ripped apart. They had no leader. They had no vision. They had no one to follow. And the church today is in a similar position because we don't have four walls. The church of Jesus Christ around the world is we don't know what to do because we don't have four walls to gather in. And that's what's happening around the world. I mean, you look at any, any church around the world that is pushing out, talking about their service. They were like, no, you know, we don't know what to do. We don't, you know, Christians are like, how, how, how do we, how are we Christians without these four walls? How are, how are we Christians without this community that we're, we're so part of? I mean, generations, first generation, second, third, third generation, all in the same church. And now they've been going Sunday. They have everything down to the T. Their, their routine on a Sunday or a Friday is down to the T. And now all of a sudden, there's, they, it's just been ripped apart. They don't know what to do. And so it's, it's, it's disciples were in a similar situation uh, than what we're experiencing. And you must understand now that when the disciples were with Jesus, he was physically with them. We know that. He was physically with them. So for them to touch Jesus, to feel him, to walk around with rubbed shoulders with him, it brought them a sense of security and comfort. 
And so every time they looked at Jesus, it was, oh, okay, it's time to pray. Okay, okay, Jesus prayed. Okay, Jesus prayed. I need to pray now. Okay, Jesus is like praying over there. He's, oh my goodness, he's, he's, he's looking at me. Oh my goodness, I, I need to pray. <laughs> I need to pray because he's going to come to me now and he's going to say, man, I asked you to pray for five minutes and you could not pray with me. You know, so so we we have this. You had a you had a role model. You had a you had a facility that that facilitated you to be able to have your relationship with God. And now, when that facility is taken away, and I'm not saying that that this is something that that the government here or the governments in the world are doing it because of spite or persecution. This is necessary. It's a necessary precaution that the government is taking. And as as a church, for us, it is an honor to support the government. You understand what I'm saying? You know, we're not, we don't respond to fear. Uh, we respond with faith to God. Faith is our worship to God, right? And so now, um, in John 20, the disciples, after Jesus was buried in, in John 19, he's buried and resurrected. In John 20, we have Mary now who's gone to uh, visit Jesus, okay? She's, she's like, oh, you know. I really miss Jesus. I really, I really miss Jesus. I want to go see him. So he went, she went to the tomb, maybe took some spices to put over him because she loves him so much. We're talking about the physical. Just remember this, physical, okay? And so she's gone there and now she finds Jesus not there. But Jesus comes and visits her. And he says, Mary, the one you're looking for is not here now. Do you understand? Uh, now, I, I'm, I'm going to my father. Don't touch me now. I'm going to my father, and I will come back. Go tell my disciples I'm, I'm still alive. So Mary runs now, and she goes to tell the disciples, uh, and the disciples are all in, in a room, and they're all gathered together. Now, you must understand that, that I will point out something to you that will, see, that will show you how much of a comfort zone we're in because of church. Okay, so now the disciples are all gathered together and, and they're all talking and Mary comes out like, hey guys, I met Jesus. They're like, what ever? <laughs> we, I was the one who buried the guy. Like I, I took him there. You can't come and say this to me now. And then while they're in the midst of that conversation of unbelief, Jesus shows up. He shows up in the room. But during that time, Thomas wasn't there. But Jesus shows up in the room and the Bible says, and I want to show you this in, in the scripture. Let me show you this. <clears throat> right. Verse 19. Then the same day at, at, at evening, beginning the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, you must understand this is very important, the doors were shut. It's physical, okay? For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, peace be with you. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. It's supernatural. You must understand that disciples were used to the supernatural. They liked the supernatural, but only Jesus did it. Do you understand? Only Jesus was the one who was doing the supernatural. So now when the supernatural happened, this, this, now they're like, oh, there's a, there's a shift, Okay? When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Physical. There's something about the physical that causes us to become less spiritual. You understand? 
it causes us to, it, it gives us a check to see whether we're in relationship with God or not. Okay? Right? So now Jesus shows, he says, peace be to you. And they're like all happy. Hey, Jesus, you're back. And all that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for coming. We missed you, man. You went for four days, three days. You know, we, we didn't know what was happening. And we didn't know what to do. And they had this chat. And they spent time together. And Jesus goes away. The disciples go away home. Then, he, then they meet again. But this time, Thomas was with them. Right? Last time, Thomas wasn't there. This time, Thomas is there. And so Jesus does the appearing act again. And he shows up. And boom, they're all happy again. But then he says something very important to Thomas. Okay? He comes up into the room, verse 26. After, this is now after eight days. Jesus was not with them for eight days. After eight days, Jesus shows up. And, he, and his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace to you. And then the first one he talks to is Thomas. Because Thomas is the one who was doubting, right? And he says, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side, into physical, into my side. Don't, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. Okay? Now, please understand that this is all happening in the physical. Okay? He's taking his finger and he's putting it in his side and he says, do not be unbelieving, but be believing, okay? So now Thomas is two steps back than the, than the disciples. The disciples saw him and they believed. Thomas was like, dude, your story, I don't believe it. Okay, only when I see, I'll believe. So now Thomas has to come up to the same level as all the other disciples, so Jesus does another appearing act. Do you understand? You, might, you see what's happening? There's a transition from the physical into the spiritual. And Jesus has not left them. His, his word says, yeah, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so he knows his disciples are immature still. And so now he has to slowly, okay, first time I'll show up, second time, eight days later I'll show up. Why? It's because one of them is still not believing. Do you understand? And so now he shows up and then now Thomas starts believing. But he says something profound to Thomas. Verse 29. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But here you go. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Who's Jesus talking to here? Talking to us. He's talking to the church today. He's talking to us today. This is a profound statement because Jesus, you must understand, Jesus bought a, a, the gospel of the kingdom is a very progressive gospel. And for us as human beings, we, we want Jesus to be physical. I, I, I need to go to church. I need the four walls. I need Pastor John. I need Pastor Kelsey. I need my life coach. Without them, I don't know whether I can have a walk with God or not. Come on now. Come on. You understand? So now, because the kingdom of God is progressive, the, he's, he's, Jesus is taking his disciples from physical into spiritual, but then one of them still doesn't have the faith. He's not believing. Why? Because he needs to see it. 
I only when I see, only when I see, only when I see that the virus is gone, then I'll believe. Do you understand? We're, we're put in a position, blessed are those who do not see but yet believe. Right? But we believe because we are seated in heavenly places, high above all principalities and powers of darkness. We're seated in Christ. And so as Christ sees the problem, we see the problem. In fact, what Christ sees as a problem is really not a problem for him. Because that problem is nothing. But you need to sit in, in Christ, in heavenly places, to be able to see the problems that are happening here. Whatever you have authority over on the inside of you, you will have authority outside of you. So the storm that you have authority on the inside, you will have authority over it outside. So if, if, if you are worried about, uh, about this virus getting into your body and you're concerned about it, and uh, you will get attacked by it. Which means your, your, your consciousness has to be one of the presence of God of heaven. You need to be more conscious of the presence of God in you than the virus outside of you. It is only then that you will understand that you, God has given you authority over every other virus. Say amen if you believe me. All right? So the kingdom of God is constantly progressive. It is constantly moving. And it is con constantly, it, is, it, it has perpetual movement. Which means between seasons, there's a phase. Okay? Now, how we react to the seasons, okay, determines whether we are in the spirit or not. How we react in, uh, to the phases between the seasons will determine whether we are mature or immature. Do you understand? You, we have to understand that flesh has a purpose. But once that purpose is over, we can't demand flesh. There's a season where a mother carries a, a baby in her stomach, but once she, gives, once she gives birth, the baby doesn't crawl back in. That phase is over. That season is over. There's a season when the baby has to be weaned off the mother. Once a baby's weaned off the mother, can't ask for milk. Can I have some more milk, please? Do you understand? It's weaned off. That season is over. But then come the season when the baby starts crawling and the baby starts walking and then it becomes older and older and then he becomes a grown man. He doesn't look to get back into his mother's womb. But that which is born from above. Come on now. Jesus tells Nicodemus, he said, born again, that which is born from above is above all. What is he talking about? He's talking about the people who are born again of the spirit of God. Not of the physical. He's talking about the people who are born of the spirit. Come on now. Are you with me? Yeah. Right? So flesh has a purpose. But once that purpose has ended, we need to move on into the things of God. Now, we must understand that the four walls of our church really is the flesh. It's a birthing place. The church of Jesus Christ is a birthing machine. It's a, it's a place where, where people who are dead come into that place and now they get rejuvenated Right? And they get new life and they're birthed into the church and they're birthed out of the church into the world. You understand? You're not just birthed into the church to stay in the church for the rest of your life. You can't, you can't want to get back into that place again. 
Hello now, come on. <laughs> although we love the church, although we love, when I'm saying the church, I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the four walls that we so love. Yeah, the comfort, the security. I mean, we, are, we live in this nation, man. And the, the privilege that we're so blessed, the, the, the freedom that we have the, as expats to come here and worship God and, and do what we, we do in, in that, little, that little place. But at, at the end of the day, God is, is presenting to us a new way of doing church. And, and the question is, are you willing to move? Are you willing to move on with time? Are you willing to move on from one season into another season? From, from the fleshy season of comfort and security. And I love Pastor John. I only want Pastor John. Nobody else can do it. Only him, he can cast out the demons. For only from that place to stepping into a place where I have been. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am chosen by God. For his plan and purpose. Not for the plan and purpose of the church. Come on now. And when I say the church, I'm, I'm talking about the organization of the church. We have come into, the Bible says, we have come into Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Not, not, not houses of the living God. Not, not, a, not a building of the living God. We have come into the city. And that city is a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. That city is, is salt and it is light. We come here to, we have the opportunity to bring transformation wherever we go. And this city cannot be put, it cannot be hidden. Even, even if you have four walls, ladies and gentlemen, it will still hide you. I'm getting to something. You, you, you'll get it. <laughs> I'm getting to something. We, we are, we, God has called us as a church to, to, we've preached it, man. We've preached it. Everybody has heard it. Uh, you know, the church of Jesus Christ is not meant to be in four walls. We're meant to, and, and we say, we sing spirit, break out, break our walls down. But at the end of the day, our relationship with God is still limited to these four walls. Come on now. How you manage yourself when you don't have a church building to go to is the evidence of your relationship with God. It's the evidence. How do you manage yourself when you don't have four walls? How do you manage that relationship with God? What if, what if tomorrow we're all uh, not given a building? How do we do church? What if, we, we, what if, just think about Abraham now. He's a nomad. And we have nomads in this region. And, and Jesus appears to a nomad and, and he gets saved. He starts believing in Jesus. How does he do church? See, we've, we've taken a Western way of doing church. And we think that that is the way. And that becomes the source of our relationship with God. And I want to I wanna set everybody free. Amen. I want to set every Christian free. That your relationship with God is not based on your relationship with your church. The four walls, not the body of Christ. You are in the body of Christ and you are receiving direct life source from Jesus itself. So now, what happens when you don't have that comfort zone to lean into. 
when you don't have that community to lean into, when you don't have that person to encourage you, when you don't have that person to, now, now our, ch our, our church has changed the way we ask for prayer. Pastor, can you please stand with me in prayer? You know, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's awesome. I love it. But it, they're still asking for prayer. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? So, so but what happens when, when you don't have someone to, to lean on? You can say, you can use scripture and say, oh, you know, the scripture says where, where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. You know, the, 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 where two agree or not, it shall be established in heaven. Yeah, sure. There's you and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say whether you and another physical body has to agree. Oh, come on. He says where you, where two on earth agree, it shall be established in heaven. So I, I, I've, I just want to let you know this, that when you hear a promise from God, it comes with a yes and an amen. Who says the yes and an amen? God says the yes. Holy Spirit says amen. So they too have agreed. I will agree with him. I don't need anybody. As a church, you don't need somebody to agree with you. If God has given you a word, he has given you a promise, it came with a yes and an amen. All you need to do is say yes and amen. I agree with you, God. God is not limited to two physical people saying, come brother, let us agree together. No, that's too small for him. He just needs you to have faith in his word and his spirit will agree with your spirit and together you can move heaven and move heaven on your behalf. So now we see that the disciples, <clears throat> Jesus is, is doing this appearing, disappearing act with his disciples, right? He appears, they get happy, and he goes away. It's like every Friday service. It's like every Sunday service. And so the church has to have a midweek service and then two services on a Friday and then maybe we'll head into that soon, right? right? We, we have lots of services. We service a lot of people. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> but I really believe that, that New Dubai needs life. So the New Dubai area. So we, we, we believe, I want the church to believe with us that we will have a morning service. Come on. So good. So good. So, so now you have the disciples who, who have these ups and downs, right? They come to church on a, on a Friday, and then Saturday they're good, and then Sunday is like, hmm. And then, and then, then, you know, they're fighting the devil for the uh, five days of the week, and they hang out with God once. Two hours on a, on, a, on a Friday in the presence of God versus how many, so many hours a week with the world. I mean, just imagine the transformation that is taking place in your life. But God is still powerful. He is still merciful. He's still kind to you that he still blesses you more than anything else. Right? So now we have Peter who, of the disciples, uh, please remember that Peter was with the disciples when Jesus appeared. So he's seeing what is happening. But there's not much noise about him. Right? Only because Peter, uh, we know, betrayed uh, I mean, he betrayed Jesus, not betrayed Jesus, but he, uh, what's the word? Tell me, what's the word? What did Peter do? Um, he denied. That's the word. Thank you. He denied Jesus, right? Betrayed Jesus. That's Judas. So he denied Jesus and now he has no face because among the disciples because, uh, no voice amongst the disciples because, you know, publicly denying Jesus. I mean, uh, amongst, amongst being with him, faithful with, to him after so long. I mean, and then you're denying him and then he dies such a uh, gr you know it's a gruesome death yeah. and now you, dude you're the guy who denied him yeah. and now we don't have him yeah. 
So now that this is him now. Peter's in this position. He doesn't have a voice. Uh, and so very much like a lot of us in this season. Okay? Just hang with me now. You'll be good in a, in a second. Okay? And so now Peter, Jesus now appears for the third time. Uh, and Peter's with them and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus moves away. And, and, and then Peter, now this is in 21. Peter decides to make a statement. Okay, I want you to go there now. Chapter 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Okay, full stop. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel, and the, son, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together, which means these, all these disciples were together. All right? Simon Peter said to them these golden words, I am going fishing. Say fishing. fishing. I actually wanted to name this sermon, I'm going fishing. But I, I was like, no. <laughs> I think what's next is the better title. Right? So here, now I want you, I want you to, to look up at me now. Uh, Peter is, um, is disappointed. Peter is, feels alone. Uh, Peter doesn't, is not feeling like he's part of the community, right? And now Peter is like, dude, forget all this. I'm going fishing. Now, the question I have for you is, where did Jesus call Peter? When he was a fisherman. What was the call that Peter received? I will make you fisher of men, right? So now, when Jesus was them in the, in the physical, they were experiencing the supernatural, experiencing signs and wonders. People's minds were being renewed. All that stuff was happening. Okay? Yeah. Just think about what I'm saying now. Jesus is taken out of the picture. Where does Peter go? Back to his comfort zone. Back to the thing that he knew. And now our church is put in, in a position, churches around the world are put in a position where what you're comfortable with is taken out of the picture, what the choices do you make? Do you go back fishing? Do you go back doing the things that you used to do before you got saved, before you met Jesus? Because see now in the phase, in this phase between two seasons, this Choices, choices that you make now, determine, it will tell you whether your mind was renewed over the last five years or not. Do you understand? This is very, very important. This is phenomenal because in this phase of transition between going from physical to spirit, if your mind wasn't renewed by the word of God, if you were just coming to church because you were just wanting to come to church, if you came to church because your grandfather was in church, your grandmother was in church, your dad, your mom, your, all your siblings were in church, and that's the reason why you came to church, you were like sitting through the message going, oh, can't wait for this, this is too long, the services, all that kind of stuff. Then the four walls go away, your comfort zone is taken away, and now you're presented with a choice. And Peter was presented with a choice. When Jesus wasn't with them. And he went back to what he knew. So as a church, we believe that we, we are a church of transformation. 
We believe that God has called us to bring transformation in the world, right? To all of creation. So transformation comes by the renewing of your mind, right? So now if your mind has been renewed, which means made new, your choices in this season, this phase, determines whether your, your mind, you have the mind of Christ or your old mind. Do you understand? Whether you have the mind of Christ, because if you're going back to your old sins, you're going back to your, I'm, I'm just going to chill, man. You know, there's no church, so there's no accountability. You know, there's no life group. You know, maybe uh, they, they, they said I have to stay at home, quarantine. You know, some, some people have taken, up, taken it upon themselves to self-quarantine. You know, so that they don't come to church. <laughs> they don't hang out with people. They don't go to life group. They don't do all that kind of stuff. They don't go to search. Whatever it is that your excuse is, I just want to tell you it's being exposed before God. Now, I'm not saying that, that if your company has told you, just please quarantine yourself. That's different. If the government has told you, please do it. That's not. Don't decide. Uh, hey, you know, this season now. This season means we are going fishing. <laughs> this is we're off from church. It's, this means that we don't have to come to church. I don't have to come to give. I don't have to come do anything. I don't have to serve. I'm, I'm quarantined, brother. I'm quarantined, sister. I don't have to do this. If that's where you are, then I want to tell you that your mind hasn't been renewed. You're still in the old. You're, the old man is still alive and kicking. That old man is not dead. And so now that... Peter is in this phase now. And Jesus in, in John 21 has to really call him aside. Say, Peter, just come here, man. We need to talk. Right? Because you've gone fishing and whatever you went back to do died. There was nothing. No fish. Oh, come on. Do you understand? When, you, when, when Jesus has rescued you and it's taken now five years of life to his global and you've come to this stage, right? And you're going back to do your old thing. God is like, hello, we are here, man. What are you doing when you're with your old sins? What are you doing with that old mindset? Why I'm not blessing what you used to do. I'm blessing what I am doing today. Come on now. We cannot say, oh, the presence of God has moved. Now, the presence of God has moved from four walls into digital church. And we can't say... Oh man, I wish I was in the presence of God. I wish I was with the people. I, was, I wish I was in that church again. We will come to that stage. But there has to be a change between, the, between the, the season that we're in into the season that we're going into. Because the season we're going into is a different season. And how you manage yourself in this phase right now will determine whether you succeed or fail in the new season. Come on now. Do you understand? So if you find yourself now, it's like, oh, you know, uh, I'm going to just till, you know, I take a, if, you're, if you're in that place, I want to tell you to quickly change the way you think. Go through five years of messages. <laughs> it's on SoundCloud. Go through it and, and renew your mind. Get your mind to be filled with the word of God. Because I'll tell you, if you don't have the mind of Christ in this season, you won't recognize his voice. To Israel, he was a cloud by day, right? And a fire by night. Two different seasons. Two different appearances. 
you understand? Cloud by day, fire by night. Day and night, he appeared differently. Which means he spoke to them differently during different seasons. So which means the frequency is about to shift. Are you with me? The frequency is about to shift. We're moving into the digital realm now. Uh, we are looking at church like this. We're looking at church around the world like this. We're looking at church. We're going live. We're going, whatever it is that we're going to do, this is what church is going to look like in the future. And hey, we're, we're going to go move when God is moving. We're not going to go, hey, you know, hey, I, like, I like that, man. You know, when we all came together, 400 of us, and we all sang and all that kind of, it's good. We will come to that. But it has to be an upgrade from the previous season that we had. Do you understand? But saying that, when Peter decided to go fishing, Jesus pursued him. He never left him in that season. Even though his mind was not renewed, Jesus pursued him. Why? Is because you are important in the kingdom. That man's voice was very important for the church of Jesus Christ. He says, upon this rock, Petros, little rock, I will build my church. How could the one whom Jesus chose to build his church upon, right, would be the one that is left behind? He pursues him. He pursues him. He goes after him. And he's like, hey, guys, what are you doing? I'm fishing. <laughs> you must understand, Jesus is on the shore. And these guys are fishing. And the whole night they toil and no fish. But they did not recognize his voice. Come on. He came to them, but they did not recognize his voice. Are you getting it? Jesus had moved into the new season, and they did not recognize his voice. The two disciples that had, on the road to Emmaus did not even recognize Jesus until he did something old. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. We're moving, moving, we're moving, we're moving. Change is good, change is good. And so now, it was only when they saw the supernatural miracle. Say, guys, throw the net on the other side. When the net became full, they were like, ah, it must be the Lord. And so then when it must be the Lord, they left everything and they, and they jumped into the water and they came to Jesus and they were like, Jesus. But I want to tell you, your, when your mind is not renewed, all you'll get is breakfast. Do you understand? Jesus makes breakfast for them. But he has a higher purpose in mind. And so he pulls Peter and says, Peter, just come here, man. Come here. Sit down. Let me talk to you. Let me renew your mind. And the question he asked Peter is, Peter, do you love me? Not do you love the church? Not do you love the four walls? Not do you love the good worship that we have, the sound, the lights, all of that stuff? Do you love me? Peter's like, of course I love you. Right. <laughs> he says, what does Jesus say? Feed my lambs. He's talking about Peter, his purpose. The very thing that he called him to do. Peter, you might have made mistakes and you've lost your way in your purpose, but let me call you back. Let me call you back. How did he call him back? By renewing his mind. 
was saying, Peter, how much do you love me? Three times he asked him the question, Peter, how much do you love me? Third time, Peter got offended. He got hurt. He's like, Jesus, of course you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Take care of my, my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my people. Why? Because your love for Jesus is not, is not, is not measured according to how well you do in four walls. Your love for Jesus is not, is, is not measured according to how well you do in church. Your, your love for Jesus is revealed in how well you take care of the people who are in your community. Who are not in the four walls anymore. And this is a word for the, for the church worldwide. You don't have to moan and bicker and cry about the four walls. It will come back. It's that season will come back. It's not an issue. But are you being upgraded from the physical into the spiritual? Because Jesus, God has moved into the spirit. Do you understand? He's moved into the next season and you, your mind has to be renewed according to the new and not the old. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's so good, man. It is so good. So good. So when a, when a man gets married, you know, um, if he, I'm, I'm, I know he was single before he got married, praise the Lord. <laughs> right? Uh, if he gets married, he can't act like he was single when he's married. Do you understand? If he's acting like he's still single, doing the things that single people do, then there's a problem. What's the problem? His mind is not renewed. So your mind being renewed causes you to have a different value system, a different belief system, and a di different behavior system. You act differently. You don't think, I got to love people only when I meet them in church. It changes your behavior. It changes how you interact with people. It changes how you talk to people. It changes how, uh, and, and I'll show you how it happened in the book of Acts. But at, the, but at this moment, Peter is engaging with Jesus and he's in a place of repentance and Jesus restores him to his call. And I want to tell you, all of us have the same call. I'm calling you in this new season to be fisher of men. Fisher of men. The renewed mind in your life is tested when you are taken out of your comfort zone. The season of transition comes to test how much of your mind has been renewed. The season of transition, this phase between the seasons, right? The reason why it comes is because it comes to test you and show you how much your mind has been renewed. Do you understand? The renewed mind in your life is tested when you are taken out of your comfort zone. Now our building has been taken away. The parks are taken away. The clubs are taken away. The coffee shops will be taken away. The malls will be taken away. How is the church going to be the church without a building? I'm so glad you asked me that question because I would like to show you in the book of Acts. Let's go to the Acts chapter one. God is asking us the same question, Life Church Global. How much do you love me? Because your love for God is revealed in how much you love the people who are sitting in your life group. How much, how much you love them. 
how much you love the people sitting in this room. Because like Kelsey said before, that I am not going to the church. I am the church. We are. The church of Jesus Christ is made up of people. That's what she said. So I'm not going to a church. I am the church that is coming out, coming out to hang out with other churches. It's absolutely okay for us to hang out with other churches. <laughs> You'll get it soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Are you in Acts chapter 1? Right. So here we have Jesus giving an instruction to his disciples saying, hey, wait, wait in Jerusalem for the promise to come. Acts chapter 1, are you there? Yes. When we look at the, the book of Acts, we see the disciples now listening to Jesus, okay? Jesus tells them, wait for the promise to come, right? Don't go, don't leave Jerusalem, just wait. This phase between the seasons is a waiting phase. Do you understand? It's not an acting phase. It's a waiting phase. Because God has got something awesome for us. And so we see that uh, he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And here, here you go. You shall be witnesses to me where in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's not talking about, hey guys, you're going to be an awesome businessman. You're going to be an awesome fisherman. You're going to be an awesome, you know, where you're working and you're going to be a great, you're going to have a great career and all that kind of stuff. All of that is, all these things shall be added unto you. That's that part. But what he's talking about is that you shall be, receive power to be my witnesses. That's the phase we're in right now. This is the phase. From physical into, into spiritual, there's a waiting phase. But in that waiting phase, God is calling us to be witnesses. Hello. It's amazing. Are you with me? Right? And so now when they, when they all meet, there's 120 of them. 120 of them in the upper room. Right? The Bible says that the Spirit came like, a, like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Right? He came and there were tongues of fire over them. And all of them were filled with the Spirit, the new season. When they obeyed Jesus and they did not hang around the physical Jesus, they obeyed Him for what is needed in the Spirit. They were filled with the new season. The new dimension that God had for them. So they had to move. You must understand that the church is a, is a vessel where God brings people out of the physical into the spirit. Do you understand? He brings them out of the physical into the spirit. The spirit is where you need to be. It's not where the phase is. The waiting is only for a moment. That's what the Bible says. But joy comes in the morning. Right? So, so what he's talking about is that now the Spirit, now in the new season, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and now they are filled with power. Right? They're filled with power. You must understand what Jesus has done. 
He took one man in the physical, what one man could do physically, and he multiplied it 120 times. You must understand, they, each of them became as powerful as Jesus. <laughs> the new season is a season of power. Everything, if we only think, well, you know, Pastor John needs to preach, you know, and only this person needs to lead worship, and, and only the, well, we're limited. We're still in the old season. We're, we're still in, in, in that season where the power only remains with the powerful in the front, and not, not, the, not every single person that is sitting in the room. See, but you must understand the power that is on John and Kelsey is now times 400 in the new season. I'm on now. Do you understand? But every single person, it depends on how your mind has been renewed. Over the last five years, this is a new test. It's a new season. And everybody's like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we, we just wait. We just chill and wait together. We hang out together. We don't go fishing alone. We don't go back to the old because I'm not interested in your old man. I'm interested in, hey man, this new season that we're about to, to come into. God is about to do something new. What is on your mind? What is God saying to you? You must understand that is the book of Acts. We've moved from that realm. Do you understand? And so now they've, they're hanging out and the spirit fills them with power. And Peter opens out his mouth. One guy opens out his mouth from 120 one man opens his mouth and the Bible says that 3,000 people got saved Three, listen 3,000 people were baptized 3,000 people were baptized physically boom and they were added to them not to the building <laughs> Add it to them. When you put on the church and you walk around like, I am the church, every time you hang out, God will say, mm, now I know what you're doing. Now I'll bring more to you. I'll bring more to you. Okay? So everyone, now our next phase looks like this. The next season looks like this. Or this phase looks like this. Everybody hanging out with everybody. Right? Everyone going everywhere, not just limited to one place on a Friday. Come on now. This is very, very important. Now I want you to go to Acts chapter 2 and I want to read from verse 40. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Are you at verse 40? And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Yeah, 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. Pause. 
<laughs> Not pause the camera, but just pause for, just have a sailor moment over here. Okay? Just, I'm going to read this again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What you were taught over the last five years. They continued in that teaching. We continue in that teaching. We're not, we're not like, oh, we need new revelation, brother. We continue in that teaching and fellowship with one another. And we break bread together and we pray together. Then fear came upon every soul. This fear is a reverence of what God was doing. This fear is not a fear of a virus. This fear is God is up to something new in the season. I want to know it's a reverence to God because the Christian, the believers got together and continued fellowshipping with the doctrine that they've been taught, the doctrine of the apostles that they've been taught. They continued in that fellowshipping, breaking bread, praying together. Not like saying, okay, I'm going to pray only when I'm in church. I'm not only worship only when I'm in church. I'm going, to re- I'm, going to, I'm going to listen to the word because I'm only interested in the pastor's Bible study. No, now the, the season is changing now. In this phase, you have to have your own time with God. You're responsible for your own walk with God. Your own word time. Your own revelation with, for, of God. Your own experience of the presence of God. Your, your own application of the knowledge of the glory of God which covers the earth. There's full, it's full of it. But this is the season when we come together and continue, not be separated and be, and, and be divided because of fear, but together, not in four walls or in coffee shops, huh? at the park. We go to the mall together, we have dinner together, we go to the food courts, right? Fellowship together. But what are we doing when we fellowship is very important. If we're just hanging out and talking about just things that don't matter, then really we're still in the previous season. Because if you're talking about the apostles' doctrine, hello, we're breaking bread at a food court and we're praying for one another in coffee shops. Now, fear comes upon every soul. Come on now. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed to, were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and their goods and divided among themselves as anyone had need. This is phenomenal. Which means that they, they, what they were giving to Jesus, they start giving everywhere. Oh, come on now. Because they figured out, man, if I'm giving to Amos, I'm giving to Jesus. This is without the walls. I'm talking about a church without the walls. Forty-six. So continuing daily, daily, not weekly, daily, not only on Fridays and Tuesdays, but daily with, with one accord. Where did we hear this one accord before? Is when they were in the upper room in one, one accord, right? In the temple, right? This, this actually is the temple courts. They were not in the temple. They were in the temple courts. And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And here we go. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being... I'm on now. I'm on. So what's next for us? 
the next season is a season of power but the phase right now is a waiting phase and the bible says that those who wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they'll rise up with wings of eagles we will run and not be weary we will walk and not faint this is our promise this the season that we're entering into is a season that is not limited by four walls we've entered into the cloud we've entered into the digital realm of doing church and i truly believe that as people are listening to this message as people are engaging with this life experience i truly believe that you are experiencing the presence of god that is in this room in your living room right now wherever you are we just release that presence into your into your house that you would experience what we are experiencing in this very moment why because we are continuing in the apostles doctrine the church doesn't stop it just continues it, it keeps progressing it's perpetual all the time but we don't look at the old and we look and we're like oh we just don't moan over the old we move on into the new things that god has for us and i truly believe that as a church the body of christ is flexible it's not rigid so be flexible in this season move according to the heartbeat of the body if your heart is is listening to the if your ears are listening to the voice of god you will know the need in the house you will know the need in people you're not just you're not just just keeping all your money to yourself you will know that there are people in need in this house that's why alabaster works so well we got to we got to know that god has called us not just to a church building but god has called us to people his people the question i have for you today is god is asking you how much do you love me because your love for jesus is revealed in your love for people not just four walls not just the people when we come in those four walls but outside of these walls the disciples would would walk on the streets and the power of god was so much that the the shadow would begin to heal the sick can you imagine yourself walking down the streets and your shadow beginning to heal the sick can you imagine you would become a, a solution to a sickness problem where people are afraid of 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 having the flu the people are afraid of coughing in public we've created new new levels of uh, segregation in in communities called social distancing it's a new new term that there's another new term now that is dividing people but the bible doesn't say social distancing is good please i'm not going against any government or anything like that but all all i'm trying to say is that as the church of jesus christ even if we do come in contact with someone who is sick your responsibility is to heal them not take their sickness do you understand so let's stand you did good